This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Tuesday the 4th of May 2021. And yesterday we saw a new milestone in the vaccination rollout. Over 50s throughout Australia are now, vac- are now eligible to be vaccinated, which is really exciting. Hopefully that means that we're going to start to see a bit of a sharper uptick in the number of people vaccinated, Norman, because as we've said at length and probably ad nauseum on this podcast, it really has been quite a slow start to the vaccine rollout in Australia. Yep, and if we can get up to one or 200,000 a day, which is a lot from where we are now, a lot, um, we could be done and dusted with the first dose with you know by July, August. So come forward is really the message. Yeah, I would say it's been kind of interesting. There's been 2.25 million Australians vaccinated so far, and I am starting to meet people who have been vaccinated, which is kind of cool. A month or two ago, I don't think I knew anyone who had been vaccinated. Yep. And uh, that will become increasingly prevalent. And as people know people who've been immunised, I think a lot of vaccine hesitancy will disappear, particularly with the Astra vaccine. Yeah, it's funny about the psychology of it, isn't it? You know, you can know that millions of people worldwide have received something, but when you know someone in your own network who's had it, it makes it much more... I don't know, it just feels closer to home. Yeah, and you've just got to balance it in your own mind in terms of the risks versus the benefits. And essentially, we're coming into winter... Um, we've still got variants coming into the country. We could still get outbreaks. And you know, I think just people will want to be protected. So it's still a little bit tricky to find a vaccination. We've had people writing into the ABC saying that they are really keen, they want to get it, but it's a bit hard to find uh, where to go. Are we going to start to see that uh, become a bit simpler in the coming weeks? I've no idea. I hope so. It's a bit embarrassing that it's so difficult. I was talking to somebody who's got family in Greece and in Greece you get a phone call and told when the appointment is and when your second appointment is. Um, Now apparently your GP is supposed to be phoning you to let you know if you are over 50 but I'm not sure that that's actually going to be happening. It seems to be happening at the state level so probably uh, the advice that we give at this stage is to check your state health website. Um, I know that Steve in WA has said he's had some trouble finding um, a spot at the vaccination clinic. I know it's been tricky in Taz as well, but hopefully those uh, wrinkles get ironed out very quickly. Yeah, and that's not that's not helping at all. I mean, they've had months and months and months to prepare for this, and it still seems shambolic. Let's just reset on the safety profile for AstraZeneca in over 50s. So first of all, the efficacy. If you have two doses 12 weeks apart, it's probably around 80% effective. That's effective at all levels of symptomatic infection. If you're talking about severe infection, then the protection is almost 100%. That's with the Astra vaccine. In terms of preventing infection itself, 12 to 20 days after the first dose, there is a reduction, probably 50-60% thereabouts, and that goes up much higher after the second dose. So it's also preventing infection. In terms of the clotting, Um, That's changing as more cases are reported. Remember, this is not normal clotting. It's an immune reaction. And if you're under 50, it's probably somewhere around 1 in 40 or 50,000. And if you're over 50, it's probably 1 in 200,000, maybe even less than that when you get to older age groups. So it does occur in older age groups, but it's much rarer than the under 50. So that's where the statistics lie. 
And of course, we know that if you get COVID and you're over 50, you're much more likely to have a severe bout of COVID. That's right. And it's it's a bit random. So while we're talking about vaccines, let's talk about another vaccine that's come onto the stage recently. I hadn't heard of Valneva before this week, but it's one of the ones that the Australian government is perhaps looking at trying to acquire. Yes, Paul Kelly, the Chief Medical Officer, yesterday on Radio National Breakfast refused to commit to this, but it has been reported. This, I'm not quite sure why they're negotiating about this one. This is an inactivated whole virus vaccine. That means it's like influenza. So they take the whole virus and that attach it to a chemical to induce an immune response. Now, the influenza vaccine is about 50 or 60% effective. And the Sinovac, the Chinese vaccine, which is also an, inactive, an inactivated viral vaccine, it means they take the whole virus, inactivate it so it doesn't cause the disease, is about 50% effective. So unless there's something magical about this, that's where you'd expect to, it to land. Although... The polio virus, which is a very different kind of virus, it is an inactivated vaccine as well, or you can get an inactivated vaccine, and it's much higher. It's 90 or 100% effective. However, in the phase three trial that they're doing in Britain, they're only comparing it to Astra, whereas they should be comparing it to Pfizer or Moderna, which are much higher performance vaccines. So this is, come back to this, why aren't we just buying 50 million doses of Moderna? We know it's effective. We know they're designing it for the variant. Israel's done it already. Why aren't we? Um, This is not likely to be a high-performing vaccine, but we've yet to find that out. It's crazy to think that a year ago we were like looking for any vaccine. We didn't even know if a vaccine against a coronavirus was possible. Now we know that not only is it possible, it's possible to get really high efficacy. If this had been the only thing on the scene a year ago, we would have jumped at it. But given what we know, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be a serious competitor. Yeah, and we've got 50 million doses still to come of Novavax, and Novavax looks like a high-performing vaccine. So, And, you know, the Doherty Institute is producing a protein-based vaccine, a bit like the Novavax one, albeit with some important differences. And there's an mRNA vaccine coming out of Monash. I mean, there's all sorts of va- – and there's one out in Flinders. So there's all sorts of vaccines on the runway. And um, one hopes that um, our Australian researchers are getting generous funding in order to be able to produce a homegrown one. While we're talking about vaccines, I've got a question for you from Monique Norman. Monique has just, is a healthcare worker, has just had both of her Pfizer shots recently, but has heard that the vaccine immunity only lasts for six months. So does that mean that she'll need another two shots of the vaccine when Australia finally opens up and she wants to travel? That's still not really known, but the recent data on this suggests that the immunity is lasting much longer than that. So the antibodies don't necessarily hang around for a long time. But the T cells, which are the cells that store the memory, the white blood cells that store the memory of the infection, seem to be there for quite some time. So it's likely that the immunity lasts longer about that. I think probably the immunity will last longer than the variants. So I think the variants are the ones that we need to worry about rather than just how long the immunity from the vaccine lasts. So boosters are likely, but I think it's more likely because there are going to be variants around, like particularly the South African one and maybe the Brazilian one. The South African and the Brazilian variants are the ones that people are really worrying about, about being vaccine resistant. So another variable here is that where the vaccine-resistant mutants have come from so far have been from immune-compromised individuals, like we talked about yesterday on CoronaCast. Where they're going to come from in future is the vaccinated population who may be a little bit susceptible to infection. So, you know, there are different dynamics going on as more and more people get vaccinated, but not enough. Right. So we need that really 
thorough coverage of the whole population with vaccination to stop the virus from being able to bounce around and have those opportunities to mutate. Yeah, that's one of the frustrations of us going slow is that uh, we want to get to 70, 80, 90% really quickly. But even Israel is stuck at 55%. The other big news of when coronavirus in Australia at the moment is that Perth and Peel came out of lockdown only to have more cases emerge from a different outbreak uh, from hotel quarantine. And they're uh, under restrictions at the moment. Yesterday, at least there were no new cases, which was really heartening. And we had this message from Mel, who is is saying, uh, not a question, just some praise for the WA contact tracing team. Mel received a call at around 4.30pm on Sunday to say that Mel's a casual contact and had both received an Uber Eats delivery from an infected case and also had gone into the same store the next day. Mel was freaking out, but the person on the phone was really calming. They reassured them. They decided to send a person to Mel's house to either to test either Sunday evening or Monday morning. Uh, Mel says they're just so pleased to see the system working well and that the staff are obviously really well trained. Yep, that's great news and you know, good news for the future that Perth can probably quite well withstand a small number of cases. And Norman, just one more question for you before we wrap up today. Julia says, I am a First Nations person who's 36, no other comorbidities. I know I can now get the Astra jab if I talk to my doctor and we decide it's necessary, but is it clear yet when Pfizer will be available to Julia? Pfizer will become progressively available to people of Julia's age, you know, 36, uh, in other words, under 50, probably with a higher priority for Aboriginal populations than um, other populations. So you may find yourself moving to the front of the queue. What's going to have to happen, though, is that the frontline workers who are under 50 are going to have to have high priority on the existing Pfizer doses. But hopefully the supply will increase as time goes on. And so it's unclear yet, certainly by October, but hopefully July, August, it's going to start flowing through into the system in larger numbers. So if you've got a question or a comment, as always, you can send one into abc.net.au slash coronacast. And if you're over 50 and are looking at getting your shot now that you're eligible or whether you find it easy or hard to find a booking, we want to hear from you. Mention coronacast in your comments so that we can find it. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you then. 